Welcome to the official broadcast of Life Fellowship Ministries in Kima, Texas. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Be sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. And uh, I'm, I'm so thankful for you guys. I want to cry right now, but I'm, I'm going to try not to. But what you guys have demonstrated this morning and yesterday, there were so many of you that came and helped and uh, moved stuff. And James got a, a trailer from work and brought his truck and trailer. And, and Bobby Kiker uh, loaned us a, a trailer. And, and Cliff had his truck up here. And uh, Bobby Joe brought his truck and trailer. And John with his truck and Steve with his truck and Chantel using her truck and everybody just coming together. Tony too putting up ceiling tiles. You know, I mean, this is what the body of Christ is supposed to be about, where we just come together and, and coalesce together as a family. And, uh, you know, I was thinking this morning that you've heard of church without walls where people go out into the community and they say, We're, let's get out of the walls of the church and let's be the church. And I was thinking, have you ever heard of a church without chairs? <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know about the correlation there, but I appreciate all you guys. Just be willing to uh, to come and, and say, you know, it's not about all this other stuff. I'll bring my chair. And if you don't know, in case you don't know, we're moving. This is our last Sunday here in this building. And, uh, you, you know, I'm, I'm excited about it. There's, been, there's a lot of good memories that have taken place here. There's a lot of thing, good things that have happened. But you know what? God has, has, has been speaking to us and says He's doing a new thing. And, and last year I was talking about how God is getting us ready for a reset. And a reset will often look different than what we think or what we want even sometimes. But God is on the move and God is doing a new thing. And I don't know what all that looks like, but I know He's called us to come together and work together and, and have fun together and fellowship together. And I think as much work as it was yesterday, I think everybody had a good time. You know, I mean, and I want to thank all of you. Thank you for your help. And I'm sure there's people that, you know, that I, ha that I haven't mentioned that were here helping. But you know who you are. And, uh, and God knows who you are. And so, anyway, I'm so excited uh, about this morning's message and this service. And, and we'll talk, uh, talk a little bit more about where, where we're going. We're going right down the street. We're going to meet there for a month and maybe longer at Kima Gardens. The people there have been very, very gracious. When Hurricane Harvey hit and we had water in here, they graciously let us go to their venue for a couple of weeks. We're only out a couple of weeks. The landlord got in here and started mucking stuff out and cutting out sheetrock. And they were, we've been very blessed. The, the landlord has been very gracious to us. And, uh, and Kima Gardens has offered their facility. So it's a beautiful, beautiful facility. So we'll be going there starting next week. You won't have to bring your chairs next week. Just show up over there. And, uh, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about it uh, uh, after the service, I want to just meet with you briefly. So let's get into the word. And uh, this morning, I'm going to be talking about good soil. And so we're in the series seeking God. 
And we're at this juncture where we are seeking God for a building and, and many other things. We're seeking God personally. I want to challenge all of us to continue to seek the Lord. And, and uh, then corporately, we're seeking the Lord for these things, where he's going to provide. And the, the thing is, the interesting thing is God has always provided. When we were looking for a building, we, we were meeting in a home. And God opened up this door for us. I know that God will continue to open up doors. He has. You know, he is, and he will continue. So, uh, you know, the thing about Jesus, he was, he was always giving a spiritual lesson to his disciples and those who followed him, and as well as to us, we have the Word of God, we have the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. And uh, Jesus tells the parable of the four soils in Matthew 13, 1 through 9, Mark 4, 1 through 9, and Luke 8, 4 through 8. But I want to look at the, the account uh, in Mark chapter 4, uh, 1 through 20, and then we're going to look at verse 24 and 25. Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him, and he got into a boat. Why did he get into a boat? We know that he liked to fish. Was he going fishing? Uh, it was for voice pro- projection. Have you ever been out on the water in a boat? And you can hear somebody talking. You can hear their entire conversation. They'd be way down there on the water. But you hear. So there's something that happens with voice projection and sound over water. Because water is really solid. So uh, sound just bounces right off of it. So he gets into a a boat so he can talk to this very large crowd of people. Uh, verse, Verse 1 continues. Then he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. So are you getting a visual? Jesus is out in a boat. The people are gathered on the shore, and he's beginning to speak to them, and he wants them to be able to hear. And so he wants to be very clear about what he's saying here. So he taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. And a parable is really just a story um, that, that, he was, that he would tell. It was a life application uh, story or example that people could relate to because they were farmers. They were shepherds. They were fishermen. So the parables, the stories that he would tell, would be something that they could understand and they could relate to in that time. Uh, verse 3 says, he, he goes on to say, listen. So he's saying, listen to me. I've got something important that I want you to catch here. He says, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate it. Okay, now... Remember, when he's teaching, and back in this time, they didn't have farm equipment. They didn't have tractors. They didn't have combines. They didn't have all this stuff. So many times they would have, like, maybe a bag of, of, uh, of seed, and they would just go out and they would scatter the seed. And so some of it would fall in different areas. Some of it would fall on the footpath, and the birds would say, Hey, look, there's some food right there. Let's go eat some seed. So they would eat the seed. Verse 5. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The, sp- the seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. And I remember I, uh, one of the houses that, that I bought, the first house I bought actually, there was an area of uh, uh, St. Augustine grass, and then there was an area of uh, coastal Bermuda grass. And the coastal Ber- Bermuda would always perk up faster than the St. Augustine, but it also would burn up quicker because it's like the root system wasn't 
didn't go as deep into the ground. And so that, that grass would always try, tend to burn up. And so you can envision that some of the seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rocks. So it couldn't get deep roots. Now remember, when Jesus is teaching, he's teaching on a spiritual level, but he's teaching something that is a life application manner in which they can understand. So they could understand because they had probably planted seeds that had shallow soil that the plants would burn up. It would sprout quickly, but there's no depth to the root system. So again, he's teaching something from a practical standpoint, but there are spiritual applications in which he's trying to instill and get them and us to understand. But the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Verse 7, Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. So again, as he would scatter the seeds, they would just kind of fall wherever they fell. Verse 9, then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Anyone with ears to listen. Okay, so Jesus is not talking to deaf people, right? He's talking to people that can hear. And so he's saying, anyone that ha- with ears should listen. So again, he's talking about a, a spiritual principle here. He's, he's teaching spiritual principles. Let me, uh, let's go to the slide. Spiritual principles require spiritual understanding. We cannot understand spiritual things necessarily with our carnal mind. So, spiritual principles require spiritual understanding. Spiritual understanding comes from revelation, the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit gives to us. It's a supernatural thing. And so, as we've been talking about seeking God, we've been talking about spending time in prayer. We've been talking about reading the Bible. We've been talking about uh, just sitting and meditating and saying, Lord, what are you speaking to me today? Not from a religious context, but from a relational context because we have this relationship with the Lord. And so he is speaking through his word, through prayer, through the Holy Spirit, through other people. As, as we come together and we share the Word of God and we share life application stories. Hey man, you know, I was going through the situation or we were looking for a building and boom, you know, it was amazing. It was a miracle how God opened up an opportunity for us. And I, I've shared this story with you guys many times where when we were looking for a building, we were meeting in a home and we had outgrown it. We were going to two services in this home and we needed a place. And the Lord opened up the store for us where there seemed to be no way. There was actually another church meeting here and had just signed a three-year lease. And the landlord called me and said, hey, that church wants out. Do you want in the building? And it was just at the right time. And it was the right size for us. And so God will provide a way where there seems to be no way. All right, so spiritual principles require spiritual understanding. Spiritual understanding comes from revelation, the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit gives to us. This happens through this relationship with Him. So let's look a little deeper here. In verse 9, he says, Then he said, Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So my first point this morning is we need to possess the ability to hear, listen, and understand. (laughs) my wife is looking at me like because sometimes I hear but I don't listen and 
Can I have a transparent moment here? Sometimes I don't understand. <laughs> but I try, okay? You know, she may, she may have to explain it to me a few times. But it's the same thing with the Lord. Are we, listen, are we hearing? Are we hearing with our spirit man? Okay, when we read the Word of God, we're reading words. And those with ears should listen to what the Word of God says. Are we, are we listening? Are we comprehending are we receiving then he said anyone with ears to hear should listen should we should listen but you know that's a that's a choice right to listen or not so we need to possess the ability to hear to listen and understand so how do we hear we have to be open we have to be receptive to what the Lord is telling us and I read the scripture recently in Romans 10 16 and 17 but not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? Have you ever tried to share the message of Christ with someone and they didn't want to hear it? They were non-receptive to it? So people rejected Christ 2,000 years ago. They're still rejecting Him today. But it doesn't mean that we stop going out and living this life and, and being a, an example and loving people and sharing the Word of God with them, praying with people, you never know what impact your life is going to have. You never know what that prayer is going to do. You never know what that word of encouragement can do for someone's life. Verse uh, 17, Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. To hear, we need to exercise faith. We need to exercise faith. To listen, we need sensitivity to the Lord through the Word and the Holy Spirit. To understand, we need revelation from the Lord through the Word and the Holy Spirit. Let's go back to Mark uh, 4.9. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. We should listen and understand because it's for our benefit. Jesus was not just teaching them about planting seeds and telling them something that some of them probably already knew about planting seeds. But he's planting the spiritual seed and trying to get people to understand. And so the word of God is for our benefit. It's to help us. 4.10. Later when Jesus was alone with the twelve disciples and the others who were gathered around, they asked him what the parable meant. And I love this, that have you ever read Scripture and you're like, I, I don't really understand. I, I'm really not grasping or, or getting the full context of what's going on here. And so we, we have the Holy Spirit that can lead us and guide us. And then we, we come together and we're taught the Word of God. And we, uh, when we're coming on Wednesdays, we're chopping it up and we're drilling down. And, and, uh, and, and so it, it's, God wants us to understand. But sometimes it's going to take a little effort to pursue him and say, God, what are you saying in this scripture? And have you ever read a scripture and it's applicable to a situation and then maybe you're in a different situation and the word of God is applicable there too? The word of uh, God is alive and active. And so there's, there's uh, a dynamic there with the word of God. And so uh, they're asking him, well, can, can you drill down a little bit more? Can you explain this parable to us? So he replied, you are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God. What? Wait a minute. Jesus, you're, you're telling secrets. You're, you know, wh wh what? And so a secret 
is relative, secrets that are relative to the Word of God. And this word secret means mystery, but it's not something that's unknowable. He's not saying, oh, it's a secret. Na, 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 you can't know what it means. He's not saying that. This word means that it's not something unknowable. It is something that can only be known through revelation because God reveals it. And so God is revealing things to his people who are part of his body that other people cannot understand. You cannot teach someone spiritual principles and truths if, if they don't understand, if they don't have this connection with him. And so we have this fellowship. We have this connection with the Lord. We have this, the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. Therefore, God is speaking to us that have ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive. Because there are people that don't want to receive. They have a hardened heart. And maybe it's, maybe it's really not their fault. Maybe it's due to woundedness like we've talked about. Maybe they've been extremely wounded or hurt. Or maybe they've been mistreated in the church. Maybe, you know, somebody's really hurt them. And so they have walled themselves off. They have damned themselves off from hearing and receiving the word of God due to woundedness or a hardened heart or something that's happened. And so this secret, this mystery is, is something that only can be known through the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit speaking into our lives and through the word of God. And so God is not hiding things behind a veil so to speak, so that no one can figure it out. He wants us to understand. But it comes from this relationship that, that we have with him. So Jesus told his disciples he would die but be raised on the third day. They couldn't understand. They couldn't grasp the magnitude of what Jesus was telling them. And Satan and the religious leaders thought, hey, if we kill Jesus... This whole Messiah thing and this whole, this whole Christian thing, this, this is all going to die. It's all going to go away. But they didn't realize that they were playing right into God's hands. That that was, that was not plan B for God. That was plan A. That we be restored back into this relationship with Him. And we see that it began in the garden in the, when Adam and Eve sinned when they disobeyed God. When they ate the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Do you realize that there was a sacrifice of blood at that point? Because what happened, God came down and he, and he would walk with them in the cool of the day. And he said, he's like, hey, what's up? Where are, you guys, where are you guys at? We're hiding. We're naked. Where before, when you go back and read the passage, they were naked and unashamed. But now after they have disobeyed, they're ashamed. And, and he's like, what? What? And, and so he made skin, skin clothing for them. That required the death of an animal or some animals. And so there's always been a requirement of a blood sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. So it started right there in the garden. But God, uh, Jesus came to die to pay for all of our sins. And there was a shedding of blood. You go back and look in the Old Testament. Whenever they, they, would, uh, they would bring animals to the priest to sacrifice and, and uh, for the shedding of blood, for what? The forgiveness of the people's sins. I don't know why. I don't know why God has required that. And I, I don't understand, but it doesn't matter. I don't have to understand. That's just something that he mandated. But Christ came and died and, and shed his blood for all of our sins. Once and for all. 
So that's why we don't have blood sacrifice, animal sacrifices. And I'm so glad that I don't, my job is not killing animals and, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. And, and so we need to understand that Jesus came to save us, to set us free. Why would He withhold stuff from us? If He, if he doesn't even save His own life, which He could have, because He loves us. And so He doesn't want to hide stuff from us. He wants us to receive and walk in the fullness of life. John 10.10, 10, you know it. The thief has come to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you would have what? Abundant life. And so He wants us to walk in the fullness of life. So, two weeks ago, I talked about Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, where, where He says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And so the religious leaders and Satan thought, okay, we've got it now. Jesus has died on a cross. But like he told them, on the third day he rose. And he, he, he came back uh, 50 days later, and he told the disciples, go and wait. Just go and wait. And then he, 50 days later, he, uh, he poured out the Holy Spirit on them. And he said, I'm leaving, but I'm not leaving you abandoned. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you into all truth. So my first point is we need to possess the ability to hear, listen, and understand. My second point is our understanding comes through the Word and through the Holy Spirit. And through this relationship... You know, and that's what's so sad when people think that this is all about religion and they don't know or they haven't experienced this relationship and they don't have this, this connection to the Lord. Jesus goes uh, in, in John 14 and 15, he says, If you love me, obey my commandments. He says, If you really love me, obey me. And we talked about this word love is agapeo. And it's love... In the Greek, it means love that actively does what the Lord prefers. It's choosing Him. It's a, let me put it this way. This is probably not real popular, but it's a sacrificial love. Because how many times do you know that serving the Lord is, is not always serving me? <laughs> it's not all about me, but it's all about Him. And I know this is a growth process. I know that we talk about that spiritual growth and maturity is a lifelong process where God is working in our hearts and lives and He's changing us from the inside out. He's giving us a, a different perspective. And so this is a lifelong thing where God is working in our hearts and lives as, as our relationship grows, just like your relationships grow with other people. It, it grows over time. So uh, John fourteen fifteen, If you love me, obey my commandments. Verse 16, And I will ask the Father... And he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But he goes on to say, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. He's saying, you know, we know that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are one. And he's telling them the Holy Spirit is with you now. He hadn't sent the Holy Spirit until the day of Pentecost, but he's saying the Holy Spirit and I are one, and the Holy Spirit is with you now, and later will be in you because I'm going to send him to you. So we know that he lives 
he, he, lives, he lived with them now, and he's trying to, to explain to them, the Holy Spirit is with you now, and the Holy Spirit will come and lead you and guide you. Again, we can't always understand and grasp the, gra- the gravity of God, because what? His ways are, are nothing like our ways. His thoughts are far beyond our thoughts. And so even though Jesus was trying to explain to them, they couldn't really get it. They, I don't think they fully grasped and understand, understood that he was going to die on the cross for their sins and then be raised on the third day, even though he told them. And so there are a lot of things that we don't understand, but we have the Holy Spirit that can bring clarity and revelation and understanding to us so that we can understand. So Jesus was with them, and he said that he would send the Holy Spirit to them, but not just for them 2,000 years ago, but for us as well. And we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us to lead us and guide us. Another benefit from our relationship with Jesus, we have the advocate, the helper, the Holy Spirit who guides us and leads us. Okay, so the Holy Holy Spirit gives us insight and revelation and understanding. There are times when the Lord will just give you some revelation, some understanding in a situation or into a, a person's life maybe. Sometimes I'll be praying about, uh, praying for someone and it's like the Lord will give me insight and revelation. And this is, you know, this is not a, a, a kooky, weird thing. This should be as natural as anything because we were created to have relationship with Him. Go back to the Garden of Eden. He would come down and walk with them in the cool of the day. It was not abnormal. And so we were designed, we were created to have this relationship, to have communication with the Lord on a regular basis. So it should not be abnormal. It should be typical for what we experience. And and especially as Christians, we're called to live that out. And if we're not walking in the fullness, and if we're not receiving everything that the Lord has for us, we're missing out. And I'm not talking about material things. I'm talking about this relationship where God is speaking into our hearts and lives. And so when we come together and worship, and I I love that you guys are worshiping. I can hear you singing. And God is touching our hearts. He's reaching into the deepest recesses of our hearts. Back, let's go back to Mark 4, 11. He replied, you are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God, but I use parables for everything I say to outsiders so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. So he's saying this. Well, let's read on. He's quoting from Isaiah 6, 9 and 10. He says, when they see what I do, they will learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. So he's saying, if they don't have this connection with me, these are just going to be words. It's just going to be wah, 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 wah. They're not going to understand. But let's look at this last uh, sentence here. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. If we don't understand, we can come to God and say, hey, Lord, I don't understand this. His desire is not to speak in this uh, in these difficult concepts to understand his desire is that we come into this relationship with him and he's saying maybe if they don't understand maybe they'll come to me and receive me and be forgiven 
of all their sins. So let's look at Mark 14. Then Jesus said to them, if you can't understand the meaning of uh, this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? If we can't begin to understand spiritual things that the Lord is speaking to us, how are we going to understand deeper things? How are we going to understand those things if we can't grasp the basic fundamental things? And so that's why it's important that we know the Word of God, that we instill the Word of God into our lives, that we go out and live it, live this thing out, so that we can walk through this life so that our marriages can be healed and restored and strengthened so that we can train up our children in the ways of the Lord so when they're old they'll not depart so that we can go out and minister to the community so that they see an example that they see somebody that has this re- relationship with the Lord that's not dogmatic and ritualistic and legalistic and all those things but they're just real people that have a relationship with the Lord and love one another wow Just think of the impact that we have in our community as we just go out and love one another. And we live a life that's honorable to God, that's honorable to our spouses, that's honorable to our children, that they can replicate, that they can look as an example and say, I remember seeing my mom and dad pray together. I remember seeing my dad give somebody money. Because, and I asked him, why did you give that guy money? Because the Lord told me to, son. Those are the kinds of things that impact lives. Not only our immediate family, but people around us. And so God is pouring through us. God is working through people like us. That are willing to yield to Him. And say, God, what do you want? Not my will, but your will be done, Lord. So my first point, we need to possess the ability to hear, listen, and understand. When the Holy Spirit's saying, I want you to give that person $100. Okay, I can hear that. I can listen to it. But I can, I can even understand it. But I can choose to walk away. But it begins with hearing. And hearing comes from the Word of God. All right, my second point is our understanding comes through the Word and through the Holy Spirit. My third point is a question for you. I don't want you to answer, but I want you to ponder this. What type of soil does your life represent? Jesus goes on to say in verse 14, The farmer plants seed by taking God's Word to others. So we are like the farmers. We're taking the seed of of, uh, the Word of God to others. Okay? The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. How many times have you seen people, they, maybe uh, you share the gospel with them and, and they get saved and they're all excited and next week they're back to their old stuff. A lot of times it's because they don't get plugged in. They don't have a local church that they uh, can go to or they don't have people mentoring and helping them. Uh, But the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately, immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell... Among the thorns represents others who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life. 
the lure of wealth and the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. And how many times have we or others allowed other things to get in the way? Oh, well, uh, you know, a football game's on. Uh, the, the Cowboys play at 3 o'clock today, but I'm not going to go to church because, oh, well, let's see, they get out of church at 11.15. There's really no reason I can't go to church, but I just don't want to go to church. You know, and, and so the local church is the mechanism that God has created to build us up, to encourage us, to strengthen us, to train and equip and prepare us to be released, to go to the football game and minister to the guy behind you pouring beer all over your back when the, when the team scores a touchdown, to not knock him out when he pours his beer on you. But, but God wants to pour into our lives. God wants to reach into our hearts. God wants to change our lives. And so it's easy for all these other things to come and crowd out the Word of God, to come and crowd God out of our life, to come and distract us from even coming to church or whatever that looks like. And so the seed among the thorns represents others who hear God's Word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the word, the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced You know, wealth is not bad. The Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. Money's not evil. It's amoral. It's not good or bad. It can be used for good. It can be used for bad. So we know that we have to work. We know that we have a job. We know that we have things to do. But have we made some of those things idols? What? kind of soil are you? And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear God, who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been planted. That's what I want to be. That's what we want to be. Is that there will be fruitfulness that will come from our life. I heard this said one time. I thought it was really good. Anyone can count the number of seeds in an apple, but only God knows the number of apples in a seed. (laughs) So what if you're taking seeds, and those things are growing up to be trees with lots of fruit that are, are, are creating more seeds that fall to the ground, that produce... I mean, that's the kind of thing that God wants to do through our life, is He wants to pour through our life in a measurable manner. And so, how are we doing that? We do that through sharing the Word, by loving people, by just being real and honest and, and uh, investing in people's lives, by being mentors. As we go out and live this thing, and the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's Word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been given. So what type of soil does your life represent? Are we, when people look at us, do they see a garden of just fruitfulness? And I'm not talking about everything is always, you know, without problems or without issues. 
But are there, is there fruit in our lives that other people can see? Because we're not called to judge others. We, we come into alignment with the Word of God. If the Word says it's wrong, then it's wrong. But we can judge one another's fruit. We can look and say, do I have any fruit in my life? Is there evidence that the Holy Spirit and that the Lord is living and working in my life? What is the evidence? Well, it's going to be, it should be evident in our own life. It should be evident in our children. It should be evident in the people that we come in contact with. It should be evident that, that there are people that are coming to us when they have issues and say, Hey, man, listen, I know you're a Christian. Would you pray with me? I'm going in for surgery tomorrow or next week, and, and I, I know you're a person of God. And, and I believe that, that God is working in your life because I see the evidence of it. I see the fruitfulness of it. I see God's hand, His fingerprint is on you. That we would be those kind of people. Verse 24 and 25 in Mark 4. Then He added, pay close attention to what you hear. Jesus is saying, I'm not just speaking just to speak. Pay close attention to what you hear because it's important. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given and you will receive even more. And so we see that there's a truth and a principle that those that are faithful with little will be given more. Right? And so are we being faithful with whatever God has given us? And he's saying here, the closer you listen... And the more you understand, how do we understand by the Word of God and by the Holy Spirit and by learning and growing in this relationship? The more you understand, uh, you will be given and uh, you will be given more. You will receive more. Do you want to receive more? I do. Verse 25, to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. So it's like God is saying, hey, listen, I'm giving you this. All right, what are you going to do with it? Well, if you do something with it, if you listen and understand and obey, then I'm going to give you more. But if you choose to take what I've given you and not do anything with it, well, then you're going you're gonna to lose that. If you owned a company and you had an employee that you could trust, that was learning and growing and, and, and protecting your interests, would you give them more? You, you probably would because you know that that person is trustworthy. But if you had an employee that was slacking all the time, maybe stealing from the company, not doing their job, would you give them more? Probably not. And so God not only gives, but He expects us to be good stewards of what He's given us. So, you know, whatever role or whatever opportunities, whatever position that God has given us, we need to be good stewards with that. If that's, if that's uh, watching and stewarding his money as a church, and we're very good stewards with what God has given us, that's part of it. But also, what about the spiritual aspects? What about the, the revelation and understanding that God is giving us? And PC is a great Bible teacher. God gives to her, and then she is able to distribute and give on, uh, on Wednesday out Bible study when we have those things. She has a responsibility. I have a responsibility to seek the Lord and uh, hear from Him and then take that word that He's given to me and share it with you guys. You have a responsibility. What has God given to you? What has God invested in you? What are the gifts that God has given to you? Are you using those for His kingdom and for His glory or for your own? And so God is saying, if you're faithful 
and the small things, I'll give you more. If you're unfaithful, what I've given you, I'll give it to somebody else. That's what we would do. Okay, so you plant a seed. And, and you, you do what you can to try to prepare the soil and you water it. But how much say do you have in that thing really growing? I mean, who makes it grow? Do you? Okay. So consider this. We take seeds, we take God's word, and we spread it. Are we responsible for the growth? Who makes it grow? But, but who, who is planting the seed? Who is he called to throw the seed out? He's called us. And how do we plant the seed? We, we go out and live it. We go out and love people. We go out and demonstrate. We be the hands and feet of Jesus. We, we say this is what a Christ follower should look like. Not a perfect person, right? But we're just going out and living this thing out. And God, this is the great thing about it. The Lord does the work. He's just looking for people to make a little hole, put the seed in there, cover it up, throw a little water on there every once in a while, and then that thing can grow into a huge plant. A mustard seed. Mustard seed is very, very tiny, tiny, but grows into a tree that that covers the other trees and plants and protects them that the birds nest in. That little seed. And so when we plant a little seed, when we have a little seed of faith, when we have a little seed that God has given us and we go and plant that, He makes it multiply. He causes it to grow. And He's looking for farmers <laughs> that will just go plant some seeds out there. So I want to thank you for being here this morning. I want to thank you that you are going out and you're planting seeds even when you don't know it. People are watching. Your children are watching. Your neighbors are watching. The checkout the people at the checkout stand at Walmart are watching. But uh, Let's go ahead and, and close uh, with uh, this blessing. And if you'll stand up and let's bless one another with this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. And the Lord lift up His countenance and give you, give you peace. Okay. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning into our broadcast. For more information, be sure to find us at our website at www.lifefellowship.me or call us at 832-864-2800. Have a great week and remember to live it. God bless you.